I've seen enough. Stetson Bennett is my backup quarterback. We're breaking down his NFL debut and more takeaways from the Rams preseason opener. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramblin'? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the fastest-growing Rams YouTube channel, Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and what were your big takeaways from the Rams' first preseason game of the year? My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation, now the Rams for Locked On, and as always, I'm joined by the Rams' pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams' flagship radio station ESPN 710 LA. He's Andrean's eighth season covering the team. The people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. Now, Travis, we got a jam-packed show today. We have some real football games to discuss on today's show. We're talking about the defensive line, the edge rushers, how they struggled later. And then the second segment, Steve Avila is that guy. But we begin with Stetson Bennett. Of course, the Rams rookie, 25 years old. He can rent a car without a co-signer, but this guy <laughs> looked like a veteran in his first preseason start. He was so comfortable, so composed. I think he's the guy at the backup spot for the Rams. He looked. He did exactly what you were hoping he was going to do. If you're going to put this together as a, hey, what are you hoping to see? I think that's almost exactly what you would have asked for, which is development, growth, that the next play was better than the previous play, that he was out there and seemed to get more confident the longer that he was in the game. He played the vast majority of that game. He played virtually all of the game minus that first quarter. And the second quarter wasn't as good as the third quarter. The fourth quarter was better than the third quarter. When there were little mistakes as far as just the mechanics of getting in and out of the huddle, we saw that uh, delay a game penalty when they were in a goal-to-go situation. They move outside the 10-yard line. They immediately get a good play and get right back near the goal line there when he goes to Puka Nakua. That These are the things that you're looking for. The game started to slow down for him. You could almost see it through his eyes. It was a fantastic debut for Stetson Bennett. Now, I understand that there's a bunch of things that still need to happen. I understand that there are no defensive schemes to try and stop a player like that. But for your first ever NFL action, even preseason action, I really don't think you could ask for more for Stetson Bennett. Yeah, you brought up a great point. The fact that it wasn't all pretty, right? It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. But what impressed me most is his ability to bounce back and just correct those mistakes in real time. I mean, he almost throws an interception on his first pass, right? It was a little rocky there, but he still ends up going a 16-play drive team for the first touchdown of the season for the Rams. I also want to point out Bryce Young, first series punt. Will Levis almost gets picked, has a sack. Anthony Richardson, interception. C.J. Stroud, interception. Stetson Bennett, 
touchdown. Okay, the Stetson Bennett magic, I think, is real. But as you point out, yeah, it wasn't all perfect. Also, later in the game, he takes a bad sack, and then he bounces back for that 34-yard slant to Tyler Johnson. So, yeah, I think he picked up the offense pretty well. I think you looked at a guy that was going through his progressions. He looked very calm out there. He was making throws all night. So, yeah, to me, he's a lot to be the backup quarterback, especially when you look at Brett Rippon's night. He didn't look great at all. No, Rippon did not look great. And look, they spent a fourth-round draft pick on Stetson Bennett. They expect him to make the team. They they expect him to be a potential contributor. I don't want to say that, you know, a contributor in the sense because, like you and I have talked about, the everydayers will remember this. Hopefully, we don't see Stetson Bennett this year. Hopefully, you see nothing but Matthew Stafford, and he's healthy, and he's fantastic, and the Rams are winning a bunch of games. But in the event that you do need to go to your backup, and we saw it last year, Rams played four different guys last year, you feel pretty good about what you just saw. And there, there's a bunch of things that we can get into, but I want to start right here with one of these things. Listening to him talk in the postgame show, there was a weird moment, but it, it just kind of jumped out at me like, wow, that's just not something you see from a first-year player. He was asked a question in the postgame uh, uh, press conference. He started to talk, and then he realized that he was rambling. He realized that he wasn't answering the question, and he stopped himself and said, I'm sorry, I don't remember what you asked me. That's not what rookies do, right? You, that's not what talk show hosts do, that we just tend to ramble until we feel like we've talked enough, and then you just wait and hope that that's good enough. But this is a guy that's been in the center of a very large magnifying glass for a long time, and he stopped himself and said, hey, hold on a second, what, what did you ask me? And then he answered the question effectively. That means that the guy is mature. That means that the guy is willing to, to listen. It means that he's willing to learn from outside places. And it was a little teeny moment in the postgame show, but it really kind of stuck with me as, as a guy that, and I get it, he's a lot older than your average NFL rookie. I understand that, but it showed that just the calm, the poise, whatever we want to call it, just this very calming influence for a rookie quarterback you typically don't see, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, I caught that too. I'm glad you brought that up because I watched his press conference. And I thought he said some interesting things. That moment definitely stood out. It feels like a guy who has been to those press conferences that lead right. to an SEC championship game or a national championship game. Yes, of course, college and the pros is very different, but still he's played in big programs. He understands what it's like to have that room filled with media members. But I also thought it was interesting when he said it was fun to finally get out there and honestly mm -hmm. get hit. That's what you love to hear. He also said that he thought his performance was just all right. I thought yep. there were some boneheaded plays that I made. I thought there were some good plays that I made. So I think he had an honest assessment of his performance. But yeah, I think the word that I latch onto when I talk about his performance is he was advanced. I think he was advanced when it comes to poise, when it comes to how comfortable he was out there in the pocket. And also, too, just some of those throws. I think one thing... It really stood out to me. The third and 10 there in the third quarter when it goes through all of his progressions, looked off the safety right there, hits Johnson near the sideline with a very catchable ball. His ball just looks so catchable. The ball placement, I think, is above average. And look, point out some things you want him to work on, of course. Extending sure. plays a little too much at the NFL level. Sometimes you just got to throw it away and just get to the next down. But other than that, I think he passed his first test with flying colors. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I, I guess you could ask for more, but I, I think that this is a great start along the way. I like what you said there that the 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 big thing for me, if you're saying, okay, let's if you're making a list of things that you want to see that need to be better next week against the Raiders than they were this week against the Chargers, is understand when the play is over. 
right? Because the, those guys on the other side and even other second and third string guys that he was going up against at this point, they're just as fast as you are. They're, you're not outrunning guys anymore. You're not getting that corner. You're not going to do that little 360 in the pocket to buy yourself that extra second and a half to find somebody. When the play is over, the play is over. Get down on the ground or throw the ball out of bounds and move on to the next play. That's a really normal thing for a young quarterback to try and, and, and develop because I'm sure in high school, and we saw it at Georgia, he's just a better athlete than those guys. He's just a better football player than those guys, and he can make some happen. That's probably not true anymore. This is the NFL. Everybody's really, really good. Everybody's really, really fast. Everybody's been coached really, really well. Once you start to understand that when the play is over, it's over. And the difference between trying to make the one in a million play and then just trying to maybe roll that pocket, maybe step up, maybe do that little spin, that's okay. But understand the difference between those two things. I was incredibly impressed. I'm excited to see what it looks like next week against the Raiders. And I think that he's put himself in a position to really grab that number two quarterback spot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he brings to the table. That's why if Matthew Stafford has to miss any times, we feel he can go out there and be competitive. He can actually give this team a chance to win because he can break the pocket. He can't extend plays, but there are certain moments you want to see him get the ball out quicker, a little more conviction, stare down some receivers early. But then once he settled down and found a rhythm, he was fantastic for the most part. I love what he said too after the game that he was a little nervous. Yeah, you are going to be a little nervous in your first NFL start, but ends up going 17 for 29, 190. 91 yards, one touchdown in almost three quarters of action. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway, though, he is going to be, at the very least, his floor is a really solid backup quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees out there or anything like that, but he's definitely not going to be a car insurance salesman that a lot of haters were saying he was going to be. He is going to be the backup quarterback of the Rams with the ceiling of, hey, maybe he gets a chance to start one day, but you got a cheap rookie backup quarterback for four years, and that is the number one takeaway from last night. Love seeing Stetson Bennett have success early. We'll see how much time he gets moving forward. But, hey, the end of the day, he definitely impressed. And he's going to be the guy, and they're going to just take two quarterbacks, in my opinion. I, I think you just said something really interesting, Doug, and that is how much will we see him against the Raiders? Will we see him at all against the Denver Broncos in that third preseason game? Because if he is the number two guy, then you might not see him at all. Right, that if he did enough, we know Sean McVay. Once he's made a decision on, okay, I like that, and I'm going to use that. They look, look at uh, Steve uh, Avila, who we talked to. We're going to talk about coming up a little. He went in there, it's like, oh, that looks great. Get him off the field. We we don't need anything to happen there. So I'm curious to see if they do something similar with Stetson Bennett. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. Just look at Nakua as well, right? Once he yeah. has seen enough, he's like, okay, fine, let's prioritize health. I've seen enough. You're going to have this role on this team. But coming up, we are talking about Steve Avila. How well did he play? Is he going to be a rock for this Rams team moving forward? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft right all the way around back again no waivers no trades underdog sets your best lineup every single week try it out with underdog's best ball mania tournament that's the largest fantasy football contest of all time and it is back and even bigger with 15 million dollars of total prizes up for grabs including an absolutely absurd 
$3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so you want to make sure that you do not wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You heard me right, doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can join the Everyday Listeners Club too. Membership is free and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But Travis, here in our second segment, we're talking about Steve Avila. Now, he was the Rams' top pick in the draft. They take him with a fifth pick in the second round, 36 overall. The Rams' highest pick since Jared Goff in 2016, and he looked apart. He looks wise beyond his years. He's someone I think they're going to count on to anchor this line for five, six, seven years to come. Yeah, look, I, I think the best part about Avila and what he looked like in that opener is that they got him off the field like that. Like, you know, th- this was one of these... Okay, no, 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 no. There's a reason Rob Havenstein wasn't playing. There's a reason Joe Nopum wasn't playing. That There's a reason that a lot of the guys who are locked into starting positions were not on that field, and that's because, look, we, we know that you know what you can do. We know that you're going to be a, an important part of this team, and that's what uh, Avila was with the Rams. He looked like a guy that had been in the league a very long time. He looked like a guy that knew what he was doing, that the speed of the game, the physicality of the game were not too much for him. We'd heard all through camp that, you know, how big he is, how strong he is. He's working with the ones and all these things. Well, that that's great. And then all of a sudden you see him in a game action. And again, I understand it's preseason. It's not like this is, you know, your Pro Bowl application or anything like that, but it is somebody trying to hit your quarterback. It is somebody trying to tackle your players. It's your job to keep them off of those guys. And Avila passed with flying colors there. I I can't imagine of all the things I know Bennett gets a ton of run as he should, because he's a quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But Avila was absolutely fantastic in his debut in a Rams uniform. He was, he was superb. I think for me, what I really look at when I watch his game is you look at the difference between the left side and the right side yesterday, the left side of the line, they look really good. You had Alec Jackson, you had Steven Vila. They had it locked up. Bruss, he was having the issues. And I think my biggest takeaway is the Rams. They're going to hit on that pick. I'll plant my flag right here. I think Steve Avila is going to be a guy that could make some pro bowls, someone that's going to anchor this offensive line and be a foundational piece for the future. But on top of everything else, Last year, their top pick, Logan Bruss, he got injured, then he struggled, hasn't looked apart. So you kind of compare those two and how they looked in their first preseason game versus Bruss, who really struggled last season. Steve Avila looks like he's going to be a guy, like you mentioned earlier, Sean McVay has pretty much already established the fact that he's, of course, the starting left guard there in the depth chart, and I think they're going to run with that. And I just love the fact they made that pick when they did. Mm -hmm. Sensible pick, and he has checked off every single box so far. And he passed the eye test too, right? He's he's quick, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful, he's physical, he's all the things that you would like him to be. And what he does is he allows you to have some flexibility along the rest of that offensive line. He allows you to have some guys that can move. We know that Joe Nopum could be a swing tackle. We know that maybe he's not your guy at left guard right now. That might be Jackson who's got the inside track to win that job. But does that mean that you can slide Joe Nopum into that right guard spot? And now you have somebody that can cover two spots. We know that Coleman Shelton can cover two spots. We know that Logan Bruss is working at right tackle right now, backing up Rob Havenstein. Didn't look 
great. We'll get to that coming up in a, just a little bit. But we know he can play inside. We know he can play outside. That Really what you're looking at right now is Brian Allen being the only guy who is a one-position guy on that offensive line. He's your center right there. It gives you all sorts of optionality. And we saw what it looked like last year with that Rams offensive line that you got through your depth quickly, that there was no offensive line depth to speak of. And that was kind of the 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 genesis of the entire Rams season coming unraveled last year was that O-line problem. And, and, and Avila absolutely gives you a solution, not only at that one position, but it lets you be better at three or four other positions up and down that line. Agree 100%. You have the versatility, you have the optionality, like you said. And I also found it interesting that you didn't have any developments with the center battle with Brian Allen and Coleman Shelton because they, of course, did not participate. Joe right. Noteboom, he was wearing a hoodie. So Steve Avila really going out there early and saying, okay, this is my spot. I'm going to be a dude. You don't have to worry about me. You can focus on the other positions. I think that's going to help really clarify and just solidify what this offensive line is going to be. Avila is someone, too, I think brings a leadership quality. I think he brings a certain personality to the position I think of last week when they had a mic'd up and he said after the mic'd up to the guy who was doing it, Hey, I didn't really give you that much to work with. Cause I was so locked in, right? He's gained the praise of his teammates. Aaron Donald's talked about yep. him. He's going up against Aaron Donald. I think that he's someone you can really trust. It's going to help keep Matthew Stafford vertical. This is someone who did not allow a sack last season at TCU. He was one of the best offensive linemen in the entire sport, and he was also the top guy on the Rams draft board. They got their guy. It looks like they hit on this pick. It's still extremely early. It's just preseason. We know that, but sometimes you just can't explain. You can't really put your finger on it. You just know he's going to be a pro just by the way he carries himself and the way he performs. Well, I, like what you said, that they hit on the pick. Think about the last couple of top picks that they've had over the last couple of years. You know, they haven't had a first-round draft pick seemingly in forever, but they've had some second-round picks. And you go back the last couple of years, two years ago, their second-round pick, their first overall pick, Tutu Atwell. It hasn't happened. Maybe it will. Maybe he's going to be the number three pick, or excuse me, the uh, wide receiver three this year, and maybe he can finally start to contribute on a regular basis. But up until now, he absolutely has not. You mentioned his name a couple of times. Logan Bruss uh, last year was their top pick, and he did not play last year. He got hurt early. He struggled before he got hurt. We, it looked like he struggled a little bit again uh, on Saturday night against the Chargers. That does not look like you've got a regular everyday starter in Bruss. So you kind of gone 0 for 2 in your two previous top picks overall. That this was as obvious of a winner as it was. I think probably not only give Sean McVay and Les Snead a little bit of a deep breath, but the entire organization that we finally hit on somebody with our top overall pick. It, it, it was a home run. You couldn't have asked for more from uh, Steve Avila. Yeah, you need to hit on those picks. I want to say, too, you mentioned earlier how maybe we don't see a ton of him moving forward in the preseason because that usually is the process. That usually is how Sean McVay goes about things. But if you can't get enough of Steve Avila, I recommend you watching the second half of the Georgia TCU game when it was 5,000 to 4, <laughs> wherever the score was at that point, because he was still going strong. He was still performing well. He did allow zero sacks, had 10 pressures allowed, just two penalties for TCU. I just want to point that out because he was was still balling even late in that game when the score was out of reach. And yeah, I'm a big fan of Steve Avila. It's not the sexiest pick that we've seen from Rams in the past, right? But it was the right pick. And he looks like he is the dude right there along the front. And I think he's going to be 
guard, maybe a center in the future, but they're going to hit on that pick and he's going to have success for this organization. But coming up in our next segment, wasn't all great for the Rams. We're going to talk about the defensive line, the edge rushers, something we did not like from the Rams first preseason game. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. Football season. It is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season you heard me right when you bet on a Super Bowl winner you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you will get bonus bets for every victory you can use your bonus bets on point spreads. You can use it on player props. You can use it on over-unders. And of course, there's lots more that you can use it on as well. So here's what you do. You go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Let me give it to you again. Fanduel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. And you can get some bonus bets every time your Super Bowl winning pick wins during the regular season and welcome back to locked on rams thank you for making locked on rams your first listen every single weekday free and available wherever you get your podcast locked on rams part of locked on podcast network your team every day and another shout out to our everyday listeners we appreciate you you can be an everyday listener to join the club membership is free and you won't miss a thing about your los angeles rams but travis here in our final segment the defensive line, the edge rushers, wasn't a great night. I think we'll start with the edge rushers because a name that I was looking for, Travis, was Byron Young because I've been very high on Byron Young. You know I'm driving that hype train. And he just, look, I mean, you got one of the sacks was called back due to a face mask penalty, but he just didn't pop. He didn't jump off the screen like I had hoped. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I think you put your finger right on it. That when you're looking at this game, right, and there were players that popped. Stetson Bennett, even if if you had just dropped in from outer space and said, watch this game, and who's the guy that's like you can't take your eyes off of? Stetson Bennett would have been one of those guys. Steve Avila would have been one of those guys. Trey Tomlinson, even though he didn't play very long, well, you, you couldn't miss him, right? You were, you, you were forced to pay attention to what it was that he was doing. Byron Young was not that guy, right? And and keep in mind, and look, it's first preseason game. Guys struggle all the time. It's really not that big of a deal. But I don't I, I think it's important to kind of note that not only did he not pop, this was a situation where nobody's scheming to stop you. This is all very vanilla formations, vanilla play calls, vanilla coverages. So if you're going to have success, this is a pretty good opportunity to do it. And he was pretty quiet. Doesn't mean it's not going to work. Doesn't mean that he was anything other than a pretty good pick. But this was not the debut that some of those other guys that we've talked about. It was one of those, okay, let's go back and see what happens next in hopes it get better from there. Exactly. I mean, I think for him, still tons of potential. I still expect him to have some sort of meaningful impact on this team just because they lack bodies. I mean, if they go out there and sign an edge rusher, that's going to be a different story, which I do think they possibly will. We'll probably talk about that in a second here. But I think for Byron Young, it just kind of goes back to what we talked about a few months ago, that, yeah, you're high on him. Yes, he has all the physical tools to be someone that can help this team, but you don't see very many edge rushers as rookies have big, big impacts, especially in the later round. So, yeah, he's got to learn how to get off those blocks, get to the quarterback, be a little more disruptive, be a little more explosive, have more of a burst to the quarterback. I mean, he did get to the quarterback. He just needs to finish, right? He needs to avoid the face mask. But I will say a bright spot, though, Daniel Hardy and Kier Thomas, they stepped up. I mean, the second half, 
here had uh, one and a half sacks. Hardy had half a sack. They combined for one. So that to me was a bright spot. I think here looked really good out there. Yeah, I, I did too. And I thought that as we got deeper into the game, they started to get a little bit more pressure, which is nice. But again, you're talking the the the, the longer the game goes, the less likely that that guys that are going to make your roster are actually playing. And that goes for both sides. So the coverages that you're trying to see, the offensive line play that you're seeing, that that's being exploited, I think is, you know, you got threes going on threes. So what does that mean? It's a little bit harder to decipher that right there. I think that one thing that can give Rams fans a little bit of comfort is that this was a defensive front that did not have Aaron Donald. This is somebody that Aaron Donald changes everything. So everybody else that's out on that field when 99 is out on that field gets what? I don't know, 10% better, 12% better, whatever the number is, just by having 99 out there, that's going to help a great deal. He obviously did not play in the first preseason game, but once you throw him back out there, I think everybody's level comes back up. But Quite frankly, the the opening act of the the 2023 uh, Rams and and their front and their ability to get to the quarterback was underwhelming. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be big. Getting Donald with this group is going to have a massive impact. I think that's one. I think two, just getting valuable experience. But also, Michael Hoy didn't get too many opportunities, but he's someone no. that's still trying to figure out if he can transition from the interior line to an edge rusher. We know he's not natural at that position. A guy that's on their website still at over 300 pounds, right? So I think when you look at the edge spot as a whole, it does look like it's the thinnest position group on the defense right now. I think the defensive line, too, I I mean, look, we just talked about Steve Avila. He's six, three and a half, 333 pounds, right? He's big. He's girthy. You just did not see that. You didn't see a pass rush that one got to the quarterback very often. And two, they struggled in the run. The Chargers, they rushed for 214 yards, but yeah. 92 of those coming from Elijah Dotson, six carries there. They weren't setting the edge, so that was impacting the defensive line. But yeah, I mean, the Rams, they need more size than nose tackle spot, in my opinion. The, the Rams are, it, however this season goes, it's going to go on two things. Can they score, right? And I feel like they're going to be able to score because Sean McVay figures out how to get the ball in the end zone. You got Cooper Cup, you got Matthew Stafford, you've got Cam Akers, Tyler Higby. They're going to find a way to get you, you know, your 20 plus points a game, maybe 24, 27 points a game, hopefully. But the other part is it can you at least get stops periodically? And last, or I should say Saturday night, it didn't feel like they did. It didn't feel like they were close to getting stops. And I know that we'll talk about this later on in the week as we kind of go through and break down some variety of different things that we saw on Saturday night. But their secondary wasn't much better either. So this 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 is going to be a problem, that the special teams were not very good. The secondary was not very good. The front was not very good, which means that's going to put a whole heck of a lot of pressure on that offense. It's the preseason. There's a long way to go, but there's a lot of work to be done for sure. 100%. Marquise Copeland, Jonah Williams, Kobe Turner, Bobby Brown the third. They need to step up. They need to give Aaron Donald a supporting cast, or it's going to be a long year for this defense. But I do think they're going to be paying close attention to guys that get cut, guys that could become available. I think I'm looking at a potential defensive line version or an edge rusher version of Akello Witherspoon, someone they can get on a minimum contract. Not a big name. They're not going to go out there and spend big money, but I do think they will add a piece at the right price. I think those names will 
will become available. And if none of these guys step up, I think that's the route they're going to go. But yeah, we have tons of takeaways on the Rams first preseason game. We started to talk about Puka Nakua, Trey Tomlinson, lots of guys tomorrow. So stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of Locked On Rams. But that's going to do it for today's episode. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And you can follow Mr. Travis Rogers, the people's champ at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams house?